From trenches to wrenches, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast. And I am one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with my co-host, Jonah Marie Macias. We are back, Jonah. I know, since March. We haven't recorded since March. (laughs) Which we kind of knew that was going to happen because, you know, Freemakers ended and we were like, okay, we'll see what happens. And if, if there's more Lego Star Wars, maybe we'll continue the show. I'm glad that I kept the podcast feed open. I didn't delete anything so we can add new episodes whenever we feel like it. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been sad. That would have been sad. <laughs> I'm happy that we have, have this opportunity because the surprise announcement of a new Lego show and the in, involvement of Freemaker characters, I think, makes complete sense for us to record at least one more episode of the show. Of course, yeah. I'm super excited that they made that announcement because, I don't know, I felt like we were missing out on some Lego action lately. Yeah, I know, like, because when we were, we were so into the Freemaker Adventures show, and it kind of, like, sparked the Lego collecting, too, right? It did, and I haven't collected anything since. <laughs> yeah, and so when that kind of went away, it was like, oh, well, I guess I don't need to go out and get that microfighter this weekend. I know, I haven't <laughs> connected any microfighters, although I did, I did get the, it's not Star Wars related, but I did get the Tron Legacy set. Because I love Tron, and I needed to have that in my life. So of course, of course, you did. <laughs> and well, I these... also. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, and I also got, but I don't remember if I said this in the last episode, but I also got the ATDP with Callus, the Star Wars Rebel set. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, and I also got the Ghost with Chopper, which was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive, and I put down a lot of money for that. <laughs> Was that like the little mini ghost? It chopper? was, okay. but I wanted it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, the the ATDP was one of my first, if not, I think it was my first Rebels-themed set. Was it really? Yeah, I bought that way back when it first came out, and it was a fun build, and I have a little Callus minifig, so That's when he cool. was still bad Callus. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> not good Callus, not hot Callus. He was bad Callus. Pre-hot callus. Pre-hot callus. <laughs> Pre-must-up hair. Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't I, yeah, I haven't really b- bought a Star Wars Lego set in a while, although I did get some of the Han Solo sets. I have Han Solo, like the speeder that him and Kira ride in at the beginning I of the movie. I wanted that, too. Yeah, because I... The, when I look at it, it reminds me of like a hard drive, an external hard drive. <laughs> yes, it does, and um, and that's the one that came with the the uh, the hounds, the Carillion. What are they called? That's right, the Carillion hounds. I don't remember their names, and but they were I remember. Scary looking. But then they were their Lego minifig was so cute, and I wanted it. Yep. <laughs> Just <So>. for that. <laughs> I do have it. I haven't built it yet, so it's still in the box. So eventually I will pop that thing open. And then they have all the um the um brickheads now too that are Star Wars themed, which I don't think they were really doing a lot of that back when we were recording. I know some brickheads were out, but now there's like a lot. There's like a Luke and Yoda set that you can get. They did a Boba Fett. So those are pretty fun too. That's cool. Yeah, they still look really weird to me. But if they made like a Rebels version, I'd totally get them. Yeah. If they did an Ezra, you'd, you'd totally get that. Oh, yeah. And I'd get you'd two. You'd be on board. <laughs> I'd get two of them. Yeah. I Actually, when they first came out, I didn't really love the way they looked. But I don't know what changed for me. I think they started to get a little bit better with the designs. And some of the new Harry Potter ones came out. And... And I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to get into these things. Although I haven't gotten the the Luke Yoda uh, two-pack, but I think that's going to be my next uh, Star Wars Brickheads purchase. Got it. So, But there's been a lot of Star Wars news that's happened since the last time we talked, and it's not necessarily Lego-related, but it's still fun to talk about since I don't get to talk to you that much about exactly. this stuff. So <laughs> now that we're podcasting together at least this one more time, let's talk about some of this other stuff that's been going on. Yeah, so Star Wars Resistance is up and running, and they're into their seventh episode now, or eighth. Uh, I don't exactly remember. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's been a fun show. How have you been liking it? I like it a lot. It's it's definitely uh, different 
a different feel than Rebels. Although I, I would say it's it's closer to early Rebels than kind yeah. of later Rebels. Um, so I feel like maybe it's it's going to build into something a little bit more. Because I, I did feel like the first couple episodes were very lighthearted and I was kind of like not necessarily all that into it. Because I'm like, okay, this is definitely geared toward a younger audience. It's still fun, but I'm not like really invested in it yet. But now it's gotten into it. I'm kind of like, okay, I can see where they're going with this. How has your perspective changed on Kaz's voice? Because I know that was a thing you weren't into in the beginning. I don't know. I hate to say it um, <laughs> just because like he's such a talented voice actor and I don't want it's nothing against the the actor, but I, something about his voice doesn't really work for me. Got it. It's just a little too high pitched and a little too like squeak like. I don't know. I see. I feel bad, like critiquing some no. of his voice work. You know, it's because it's like he does way better than I'd ever do. But um, yeah, that character in general hasn't really landed for me. Um, Got it. Yeah. And I know you love Kaz, so I'm. Not, I love Kaz. Is, so I know, like, you're getting mad at me right now. As, as no, we talk. I'm not mad. No. Um, I actually, I really love uh, what I love about his character is that it. Someone highlighted that he's not very. Um, He's not the violent type or the, the the macho, like the stereotypical macho guy. So mm-hmm. when he's in the one of the episodes, he screams like a very high pitched scream that essentially sounds like a girl's scream. <laughs> and my brother does that same exact scream. So it cracks me up to know that there's a character of this guy who isn't your typical guy. <laughs> yeah, So that's what I love about him the most. I think like, and I've heard this, I've heard people make this critique and then I've heard other people defend it, but he does seem a lot younger than he, his age is supposed to be. Yeah. He does come across more innocent, um, more naive. Which I almost wish they had just said, this is a 16 year old character or this is even like a 17 year old character. And I feel like the, his, the way he acts really fits closer to the, maybe like a mid to older teen. Mm. Uh, but the fact that he's supposed to be like, I think he's supposed to be like in his early twenties, right? Yeah, some uh, nineteen twenty somewhere around there. Okay. I think I've heard twenty more often. So 20. yeah, so yeah. I feel like that just just that little age difference. Like if they had just aged him down a little bit, the personality would fit better. Got but, it. You know, it is what it is. It's not. Yeah. I think just in general that his personality just doesn't jive for me. But literally every other character in the show, I really like. Except for the main character. <laughs> so, <laughs> he might grow on me. Because I didn't love Ezra at first either. And he grew on me. And by the end, I loved Ezra. So, you know, it could take a little bit of time. And maybe maybe Kaz will come around for me. Yeah, good answer right there, Aaron. Yeah, good answer. Yeah. There's always room for growth, <laughs> even for me. Yes, of course. <laughs> and in other show news, there's also The Mandalorian which was very random because I think John Favreau, yeah, if I remember correctly, he announced that on his Instagram. And it kind of came out of nowhere, right? It really did because like I knew, did not see that coming. <laughs> we knew John Favreau was going to do a show, but we hadn't really gotten a lot of info. And then out of nowhere, he kind of just posted this thing. Did you expect, because I know you're you're a big like Troopers slash Mandalorians fan, right? Yeah, I'm a okay. huge Mandalorians fan, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Mandalorians as well. So this is exciting for both of us. Yes, and I like I, – because a few months ago I had mentioned on Twitter that I really wanted a Mandalorians history book. Like I wanted something that would go in-depth with all of the clans, the houses, and the customs, the traditions, and – and there isn't really anything like that. And I know the show is not going to give us that, but it's 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 opening the setting the stage for it essentially. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, there's so many landmines around Mandalorians when it comes to the lore and what's canon. And you know, you have kind of the Legends universe, but you know, pre-Disney buyout and all the legend stuff. So there was a lot of stories out there about Boba Fett and Jango Fett and the Mandalorians and how it all fit in with the clones and all of that stuff. And a lot of people really bought into that history. Yes, I'm one of those yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> so when they kind of wiped the slate clean and started with 
the new version of Mandalorians. And then kind of the first taste we got of that was George Lucas's, um, you know, version of them in the Clone Wars, which was really confusing because suddenly it was this pacifist society. You know, on first glance, it just didn't seem right. Right. But then over time, the storytelling, uh, you know, kind of moved on and they, they revealed that there was this, you know, kind of other side of the Mandalorians, this warrior culture that was kind of, they were trying to forget that, that past. And so, like, as somebody that's been following the legend stuff and then also following all the new canon, it was cool to see them start to pull in all these different elements where some of it kind of did match to the history that we knew. And, it, you know, then they did introduce the idea of clans and, and that type of thing. So I've really liked the new versions of Mandalorians. I like the old version too, but I kind of like what they've been doing with Sabine and her family and more and more reveals. So now we get this show called the Mandalorian and it's set after return of the Jedi. So it's like, Oh, we're going to get even more about kind of the Mandalorians and what happened to them after, you know, the original trilogy and all of that. So man, there's so much cool storytelling that they could do with this. So much, especially because the last time we really see the Mandalorians are in star Wars rebels. And that was before new hope. So where are the men? Like what's happening to the Mandalorians? Like I know that they enter a civil war, and and I like I want to know more about that. <laughs> like I know I know everyone's really into the Skywalker saga, which is really great. But at the same time, I'm like, but I want to know what's happening on Mandalore. <laughs> and and so yeah, we we might get a taste of that with this series. And just announced today, although it's still not really confirmed with StarWars.com, is the fact that Pedro Pascal is going to be the lead. In the in the Mandalorian, <laughs> and you made a funny tweet about that. Oh, about it, yeah, because I I remember him from a few different shows, but Game of Thrones really stands out, and then another show called Narcos um, also stands out as a show that I saw him in. He was in Narcos more than he was in Game of Thrones, but mm. yeah, so kind of the famous you know scene with his character in Game of Thrones was uh spoiler alert the death scene of him <laughs> and how violent it was so yeah i did <laughs> i did decide to tweet out something about a uh his beskar you know helmet might help prevent that in the future so. right yeah and i love that when you mentioned beskar it reminded me of the fact that they mentioned that in rebels so that is it that is, is a, that is something that they pulled in and i love that oh my gosh i want more <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the casting. I like him in just about everything I've seen him in. I really like him a lot. So I, yeah. I think that's a great casting choice for... And now we're all assuming that it's the lead character or whatever they're calling, you know, whoever they're calling the Mandalorian. I, you know, I don't know. We really don't know what the cast is going to look like and kind of what the different roles are going to be. So Yeah, but I do like that Dave Filoni is directing the first episode. Yes. Oh man. Yes. They have so yeah. they, they have said so, this show. I'm so excited for because I really like John Favreau, and I like most of what he's done, the different things that he's been involved in, and so then and then you bring Dave Filoni into the mix, which obviously we love Dave Filoni, and then then they have you know some other pretty big name directors too are are taking part in this show. So it's just I think there's a lot of potential for this to be a really high quality show that we can really get excited about yeah oh man (laughs) (laughs) what's the uh what's your thinking on because they did drop the fett's name kind of right in that little teaser um what are your what are your thinking with the fett's are they are they going to tie the fett's into this at all or is that their way of saying hey the fett's used to be a thing but they're not anymore Right. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because everyone brings up this conversation of whether they're Mandalorian or not. And I know you and I are in the same boat where we think that they are. And I'm not relying on Almec's word from Star Wars to Clone Wars to tell me that Jango Fett is just a bounty hunter. No, no, I don't believe someone. I don't believe that guy. No, I mean, he's so sketchy. And we know what he ends up doing. So why are we going to believe him? (laughs) But I, I... I am in the boat where I think that they're definitely Mandalorian, maybe not so much Boba Fett because he might, he grew up with other influences in his life. So I think, um, I think this is post them. I, they might bring up a few references here and there. So I, I don't expect much, but because their name is so well known in the fandom, I, I can see why they dropped that in there to get more people intrigued by it. Right. It could just be a marketing 
thing where they're like, hey, what are the what name do people associate with Mandalorians? Let's make sure we drop that into this, you know. Tier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, like Sabine, like if they had put Renz in there, it would have excited the Star Wars Rebels community, which unfortunately isn't the whole um you know casual viewing audience so yeah fat people are gonna know who fat is yeah so i so this is my fanboy hope and i know it's <laughs> i know it's not gonna happen but this you know we can hope we can dream us fanboys exactly. sometimes <laughs> um, but i would love for there to be some sort of a okay boba fett did survive the sarlacc and maybe he doesn't show up right away Ooh, you are show. dreaming. Oh, this is dreaming. I know. I know. People are laughing at me right now. It's okay. <laughs> That's why I said it's my fanboy dream because fanboys are ridiculous. Um, but if they had something where he did survive the Sarlacc pit and maybe they don't introduce him right away in the show, but like he shows up like maybe season two or he's the you know finale of season one where it's like the big reveal that he's still out there and maybe he, you know, is an enemy to the the Mandalorian, um, and you know Tim, Tamora Morrison's still out there, so they could always he have him is. show up. They could yeah. have Tamora Morrison play Boba Fett, survive the the Sarlacc pit as the uh, the season two reveal in the Mandalorian. <laughs> okay, I'm writing That's it for so, them now. That's so Darth Maul reveal in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We know like, they'll hey, do it. The they will do it. <laughs> if they can bring Maul back, they could bring Fett back. You know this that would get the so ratings. So true, so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know it's not going to happen, but if it does, then you can. We'll rewind back to this, and I'll be like, "Hey, remember that time when I said it wasn't going to happen, but I actually thought it was going to." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, moving on from the Mandalorians, we also have another series, which was another treat, and it's the Cassian Andor series, or what I like to call "Everyone Loves Cassian." <laughs> Everyone does. I love Cassian. I I this is another one that really surprised me. Oh yeah, for sure. I did not see this coming at all. <laughs> like this was out of nowhere when they announced this. I'm like, really? Like it's one of those things where I never in a million years if you gave me like 10 characters to name that they might do a show about, he wouldn't have been on that list. I just never would have expected they did, they really focus in on this one character as much as I liked him from Rogue One. I just didn't expect this. So when it came up, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool idea. And then the more I, more time I had to think about it, I really was like, wow, there's a lot of potential for just even the era that they're placing this in. Exactly. Oh, so good. I can just see this show starting with him being six years old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like Rogue One, I've always had of conflicting conflicting feelings towards that movie mainly because of the ending but I, it, it is a great movie i really enjoyed it and i actually watched it this past weekend in spanish because i wanted to celebrate the fact that diego luna was coming back and it's yeah it's another it's a fantastic movie i really much i really enjoy it and so i'm i'm super excited to see what they're going to do with that character and how i'm i'm assuming he starts off with this like like how Ezra and all these other characters start off. They're really excited to contribute to this rebellion, this cause. But then as they slowly go into it, they're going to find that they're doing morally questionable things. Yeah, so the first time we were introduced to Cassian was a pretty dark moment where he, you know, he shoots somebody else in the back, right? He he kills someone. Yeah. So he himself can escape. So it's kind of like one of those things where he was he was a very heroic character and working for the good guys, but at the same time he was he was still willing to do what needed to be done, even if it meant it was criminal. Right. Um, so that that just as a premise in his character will be really interesting to follow in a TV series because you know it's going to be kind of this gray area for him where he's not maybe not always doing good things. Right, yeah, and I can see him being conflicted about it. I mean, yeah, he has to drive. Whatever it was that caused them to be this angry towards the Empire at such a young age, uh, it forces someone to want to do good, but then how, how far are you willing to do that? How far are you willing to go? Yeah, so. and well, you know, do you think there might be a K2SO introduction at some point or are we oh i hope so i hope that's going to be like part of the series and and that they he he somehow gets 
wrapped up into an imperial situation and he has to reprogram this droid or whatever or something something has to lead to that so i I hope that's like some part of a mission yeah and we know that certain characters can't show up you know most of the cast of rogue one can't show up because he hasn't met them yet yeah um but i guess like saul could show up oh yeah oh yeah that's so good like i didn't even think about saw yeah and i know people have been like oh my gosh ahsoka yeah (laughs) because it's fulcrum yeah i i don't i don't know why i feel this way but i just don't feel like they're ever going to do ahsoka for tv or movies i don't know if so either character will ever get out of animation and that's good in my opinion because I believe certain characters and actually most characters should be in animation. Like I, I don't I like the idea of playing around with fan casts and whatnot and thinking of what this character would look like in live action, but uh they should stay as animated characters and people should just learn to get over their preconceptions of animation <laughs> and just yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think her character would be hard to translate into live action um and still and not be not have people really critique the way she looks because they have a very specific way of you know how she looks and who voiced her and excuse me and if you try to recast that um that could be an issue so i i prefer ahsoka to stay in animation but i know a lot of people really would love to see her in a movie or tv but i just i don't know if that'll happen if anything, I would love if her symbol popped up and you can hear her, uh, you can hear Ashley Eckstein do the voice, you know, like that would just alone would freak people out. Yeah. A but, reference to her would be great. Or yeah. yeah, like her speaking over the radio or something at some point would be cool, but I don't know if they'll bring her in. No, um, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, there's really so many characters could show up in this time period, you know, Bail Organa, obviously, and Mon Mothma. And, um, I mean, really Han and Lando and Chewie, all of them are running around this time period too. Like, you know, there's, there's definitely even Darth Vader, um, Darth Maul, there's just so many, I don't know if they will do those type of cameos, but there's definitely a lot of options. Yeah. That's fascinating to think about, but then I don't want them to do, to go all the way overboard because then it takes away from the fact that it's a Cassian show. So I, I, I hope that they keep that in mind because I, I know for a lot of people they thought rebels was sort of similar in, in that they brought in too many people at first and i can see why from a marketing standpoint yeah and we know diego luna really likes or hopes to meet java the hut i hope he does <laughs> so that would be they really need to have a scene where he comes face to face with java and then he just kind of reaches his hand out and like touches Jabba, like <laughs> because <laughs> he just wants to feel that texture <laughs> and it's yava 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 <laughs> yeah so if people don't oh, know what we're talking about there's like there, there's some interviews go look up interviews with him and you'll you'll find you'll figure it out <laughs> yeah they're really good and and if anyone was curious if you watch the spanish version of rogue one he voices his own character in spanish oh that's awesome right oh that's cool yeah Nice. I I've never I've never watched um an entire Star Wars movie in another language. I've definitely watched parts, mm. but I've never watched an entire one. That would be that would be cool to do. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Um yeah, so but the thing that we did come here to talk about is Lego. Lego Star Wars. Woot. The return of Lego Star Wars, which they called Lego Star Wars All-Stars. Um when they first announced this series, I was a little like I was excited and I knew Bill and Bob were going to be involved, but I was kind of like, oh, it's not another Freemaker adventure series. It's just going to be, <laughs> you know, kind of like the all stars. So I was imagining like this episode's going to be about Han and this episode's going to be about Anakin and Obi-Wan or whatever. Like they were just going to kind of hit these different characters and they kind of did but they really weaved in the whole the Freemakers. So that was unexpected and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, same. And I love that Roger was the centerpiece. <laughs> and him and his story carried the whole thing through. <laughs> yes. Um, so the way that they did this is they actually gave us eight 
shorts, which I think they were, what, they were about three minutes long each, something like that? Yeah, something about there, yeah. Okay, and then they're going to do some full-length episodes beyond that, but what we're going to talk about in this episode is just the eight shorts that were originally aired. Um, and I guess we could kind of go in order. It's There's not like a cohesive storyline, so it's kind of it kind of jumps around. Yeah, yeah, it but definitely we, does. We can kind of start with the first one, Low I Am Manufactured. And, um, <laughs> just love that title. Yes, and maybe just kind of work our way through these and just give some thoughts as they come up. Yeah, so that first one is when he starts with chapter one. <laughs> and he's with Han and Chewie in that one. And it's, it's young Han, too. Yeah, which I thought was cool with the uh, with Solo coming out so recently that they used young Han and, and Chewie in that kind of version of Han as opposed to going with the tried and true OT Han. Yes, yeah. And I, I like how they kind of gave us more of a background on Roger's uh, um, origin. And they remember those clips that he was showing Rowan in Freemaker Adventures where he was showing them, uh, showing him Jedi techniques. So <laughs> unfortunately, there were all times when he got when dismantled he got by, yeah. by a Jedi. <laughs> so it was cool to see some of those pop up back again. <laughs> yeah, specifically, we got to see, I believe it was Mace Windu take some That's out right. at one point. <laughs> Um, so we got to see he was on Naboo. I guess that was his first thing, right? Like his birth, I guess, was on Naboo. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's when he first started. Well, he was manufactured, and then that's when he was born. <laughs> but yeah. his first his first uh, glimpse of action was on Naboo, and he really didn't make it far. <laughs> yeah, and then he was also on Geonosis. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got to see Mace Windu take him out. Grievous actually ran him ran him over. Oh, that was Grievous. Okay, I, so, I wasn't yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got to see a couple of different ways that he was taken out. Um, and then you know, I think was there anything else notable that happened? Yeah, they they were just kind of showing him in different situations. There was another scene where like the clones were kind of taking tossing his head yeah tossing his head around <laughs> playing keep away from him um i believe that was maybe on felucia yes that looked like it was felucia yeah okay and yeah then, he's been everywhere yeah he got to go to all the main planets um at least from the prequels and then he and, and then it just goes back to the cockpit of the falcon and um and then Han's kind of like, nah, I don't really want to hear any more of your story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the lesson was to always get out of the way of trouble. <laughs> yes, yes. Which Han said, it did say he liked that lesson. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but my theory is the reason he, because um, I wanted to know why Roger was there. I thought, how does Roger end up on the Millennium Falcon? And I think it all goes back to the episodes that we're going to see in the coming weeks, the full length episodes. And uh, we get to know a character called Pace in this next short, it gets ugly. And the theory is, and uh, there are a few others who, who have similar thoughts is that Pace is the father of the Freemakers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm thinking because the preview of the full length episodes had Pace a darker-skinned woman and uh, Han and Chewie, I'm thinking the reason why Roger's in the Millennium Falcon is because of the adventures we're going to be, we're going to watch in the coming weeks. Okay. So maybe the possibility of the uh, darker-skinned woman and Pace and that being the parents? Yes, I'm thinking okay. they're the parents, yeah. Because huh. apparently they're friends from my understanding, but I don't know her name or anything yet. Okay. I had not heard that theory, but it's interesting. Pace, <laughs> well, we do know Pace. I mean, if we if we jump into this next episode, it gets ugly. Uh, Pace is the I don't know if you would call him the originator of the uglies, but he definitely is. You know, is led to start creating ships that yeah. are not standard. <laughs> and the fact that he calls them uglies was just like. It gave me the the alert, like, oh gosh, this guy's just like Xander, <laughs> and that's when I started theorizing that this guy could be their father. See, I never thought about that because I had heard the term "uglies" used previous to Freemaker Adventures. That's right. So I kind of thought that that was just a standard 
galactic term for you know a mishmash of a ship um and not necessarily that it was originated by the freemakers so it didn't really cross my mind yeah hmm, it's interesting we'll see we'll see if that theory uh comes true we did get to see a return of one of our favorites valeria in this episode yeah and and hera too Yes, Valeria and Hera yeah. talking, which was really cool to see both of them back. Um, and then they were the ones that got to hear the story this time. Because every episode kind of starts, all of these shorts kind of start with uh, Roger runs into someone and then he <laughs> tells them a story even if they don't want to hear it. Exactly. And I love that he, he finds a way to segue into it. <laughs> like the story could be completely uh, not related to the conversation, but he'll find a way to shoehorn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that and i love that they focused on this this character which happens to be his first master and they they get into i think because he was doing what was the name of the bread bantha bread or something Bantha bread yes yeah <laughs> which did not look good at all it looked like fruitcake it actually looked kind of rotten for yeah. me <laughs> too many different colors going on there yeah, yeah, not the not the kind of bread that I'm used to. <laughs> Would you rather have bantha bread or what was it? His was it sand cookies that he made? His sand cookies. That's right. Hmm, that's a tough one because I feel mm. like the sand cookies would be kind of dry and rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I could wash the cookie down easier with a cup of blue milk or green milk. <laughs> or green. Yeah. What was the pancakes that they had? Oh, that's was right. It? The pancakes. Oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> that was that the Durlin, Wasn't Durlin <laughs> eating pancakes at one point? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd stick oh, to the space God. pancakes. I, I don't know if I would eat this Bantha bread. Oh, but then the kids didn't like it. They didn't like the pancakes. They Even Cordy oh, yeah. came up with an excuse for it, saying she was allergic, I think. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Roger's that good of a cook <laughs> no I, I don't think he is he was very upset that his bantha bread got messed up he was more concerned about the bantha bread getting damaged than the the ship getting damaged exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so they end up landing on this planet where there's a whole bunch of uh nasty creatures out to get them the rancors They're which rancors. i i was cool it was happy i was happy to see the rancor in lego form on uh on the animated series and I know there is a Rancor minifig that they have, um, at least with one set. So that's one I've always wanted to get, but I never, I don't have a Rancor minifig, so mm. I want to get one. But they they looked pretty close to what they what they look like as a minifig on the show. That's cool. Do they have the Lego hands, or are they actually like Rancor hands? No, they're 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 like Rancor hands. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't have the little <laughs> claw hands. They, oh, they actually, that would yeah. be funny though. That would be funny. <laughs> For the bigger, kind of those bigger minifigs, um, they tend to be a little bit more detailed in the the molds. Like if you get like a Jurassic Park set and you get like a T Rex minifig, it That's just right. looks like yeah. a T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't really try to make it look too Lego. Uh, <laughs> although that would be kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they end up having to build a ship from scratch. And and that's how they managed to get out of that mess. Yeah, the I like the line from Roger where uh, Pace is kind of like, "Oh, we can build our way out," and then he tells Roger to go out and be a <laughs> distraction. <laughs> and then the uh, and then Roger's like, "That's not what my cowardice is telling me to do." <laughs> Great line. So true. So good. Oh, they're so good at writing this stuff. And it, also, I forgot, Pace is voiced by Josh Peck, if I remember correctly, who played Josh in Drake and Josh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with the actor. Um, I, I did like the line at the end, too, from Valeria when, when Roger's trying to, trying to take credit for everything. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, see, I, I made him a success or whatever. And then she's like, that story is about how Pace found success in spite of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> well it's one point of view <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh the next one is called the good stuff oh this one was one of my favorites i loved this one because i knew the the moment i read the title right before playing the video was 
I knew that it was going to be about Roger's favorite oil, his 30-weight oil. <laughs> yeah. So we got an R2-D2 appearance right at the front of the, the episode, which was kind of cool. He's he's the, uh, the, the recipient of the storytelling this time. Yes. <laughs> I think it, it's, it should be an honor. Like, you should feel honored if Roger's telling you a story. I don't know. Maybe we would. I don't think anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else seemed that interested. <laughs> um, but they gave us a Cassian, Cassian and K2SO appearance too, which was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. And I also loved when <laughs> when K2SO went to go get the oil. Like there was a whole passcode situation. I forget what the passcode was though. I think it was like "Give me the good stuff." Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and he <laughs> criticized the code word for being that. <laughs> And and he gets knocked over by by Roger's cart, <laughs> and and then that's when Roger asks for the his his good stuff. <laughs> yes, which um yeah K two S O looked pretty cool, although I think they took his minifig and kind of blew him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they made him a bit taller. Yeah, so they kind of maximized his or uh, his dimensions to make him actually seem taller than everybody else like he would in the movies but i think if you just buy a set with him he's about the same height as everybody else got it yeah for all you lego (laughs) purists out there (laughs) Um, but k2so would have a problem with that actually yeah that's true um (laughs) my favorite part of this episode was when roger went was trying to hide in that barrel and then acted (laughs) like he was an acted like he was an uh, astromech droid (laughs) And he introduced himself as R two three PO. Yeah, <laughs> like these shorts. Like I, I, I'm very genuine when I say laugh out loud or ha ha yeah. ha because I really do laugh whenever I watch these and hysterically because they're just so innocent in what they're doing and it just cracks me up and it reminded me of when he was trying to be an astromech droid in in the other shorts for the freemaker for the freemaker adventures and and that was just hilarious too so yeah roger and i also love the line where he said um the empire is trying to take my 30 weight oil (laughs) (laughs) the empire has no no desire in taking your 30 weight oil (laughs) didn't he say something like can't the emperor afford his own oil or something (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh that's so great this is one of my favorite ones (laughs) <laughs> and then at the end he's he tells the whole story to Art 2d2 and then he's like and to this day i still don't know who those guys were <laughs> right and it actually made me tear up a little bit because they do a toast to them yeah the heroes of the rebellion which yeah. they were which they were for sure and the next one prisoners of tatooine that one it was the one with the jawas i remember that one yes and akbar was the the character at the front? Um, yes. He's kind of calling Akbar out at the beginning, you know, saying, "Oh, the way you're bossing everybody around reminds right? me." <laughs> like, yeah, so um, apparently they just let Roger just go around wherever he wants on these ships. Pretty much, he's full yeah, access he goes around anywhere, right? In the heat of battle, and <laughs> he's yeah. all up in everyone's business. <laughs> Um, this was our first, I think, right? This is the first appearance of a other Freemaker character. Yes, this is where Xander shows up. Yes, Xander is our first non-Roger Freemaker to show up in this in these <laughs> shorts. And it was great to hear uh, Eugene Bird voicing Xander again and being his bossy self with Roger. <laughs> yeah. This is the one where Roger just kind of goes on this misadventure where he... He goes, uh, gets stuck in the sand crawler with the Jawas and tries to get his, you know, get his way off. He's trying to find a certain part and then um, eventually finds his way back to Xander. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He's trying to um, destroy the uh, sand crawler from the inside and he's just tossing in these pieces in there. But of course, he gets caught in it too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he gets dragged into the gears. And it's like bouncing, like you you just hear him go, so much pain. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's and you can see they show this real wide angle of the sand crawler, and it's kind of just bouncing along the desert, and it almost looks like 
the lid of it is is kind of bouncing yes. like a lid of this thing so that was a very humorous vision visual and then roger gets kind of spewed forth from its mouth yeah so. and the lesson was to be kinder to the people you're bossing around yes say thank you every once in a while uh yes. akbar like hears the whole story and he's like how is this relevant <laughs> That was a good Akbar impression. Oh, yeah. I, I could not duplicate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, that was the lesson. And I love that these little shorts, even though they're funny, they still have their lessons in them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the next episode, Droid Rescue Gambit. Um, this is So the one thing I did find interesting was the time span that this, like, that this spans. <laughs> the time yeah. all the different time periods that that they touched upon and the you know if you have Roger talking to BB8 then that means Roger is still around you know up until you know now right with, yeah. with Star Wars so he you know we got introduced to him all the way back in you know they're they're saying that he was part of the battle of Naboo so that's episode 1 and now he's all the way in the future with BB-8 too. So like he's spanned the entire history of of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. He's a character whose clock's been ticking. <laughs> he's just he just keeps on going. Because <laughs> we had never seen any of these characters beyond um, what we saw in Freemaker Adventures. So as far as we knew, they made it to Return of the Jedi and and beyond, but we didn't really know kind of how much further they went on so that exactly was kind yeah. of a cool reveal i thought even though it's like canon adjacent <laughs> but we can we can extrapolate and then make our own theories but i i love that they partnered up roger and and chopper because yes. Ch- chop is another favorite droid of mine and I, I like that when he, they approached the ship, he, they made a reference to the fact that he's nervous, that he's scared about it because of what happens to him in the Clone Wars and, and, we, and that surfaces in Star Wars Rebels. So I like that they made that connection there. And, and of course, it was all... Uh-huh. I was just going to say, I don't know if I believe Chopper. I don't no. know if I believe he was scared. I think he was tricking Roger. <laughs> he was tricking Roger. But I do like <laughs> that they made that like they, they made that reference in a way. And yeah. and of course he was using it to his advantage so that he can get Roger to go into the Astromech slot. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, but Roger said something to him as they're flying out into space like, you know, every time I've tried to defend you when, when other droids say there's something wrong with you, like, never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was a great one. And they all go to try to save these droids. No droid gets left behind. Which there were um, a couple of Imperials on that shuttle. And I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity for a Durpin Plume Striker came I think so, too. Although I think this was maybe above their station. <laughs> like, they're, they're sub-ensigns. And they're not even... Are they even part of the Empire anymore? Because I think the last time we saw them was on Jakku. Yeah, I guess, um, when was this place time-wise? Oh, yeah, so if it started with, well, if it's with Chopper, I don't know, where, did they say they're, where this I was? Think on, I think they're on home one, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, I think that's where they are. So they're, I think they're in, still in the same time period as the, um, the Freemaker season two, where okay. they're working with the Rebellion. I mean, I feel like Durpin and Plume Striker, like Durpin got, was basically trying to stay out of the action however he could so it would have kind of made sense if he was just like on the shuttle that's transporting droids because he's like oh this is an easy assignment we'll never see action you know i think they could have made it work at a missed opportunity maybe they're saving yeah. them for something else yeah maybe here's hoping <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I also thought the same thing it would have been great to see them there but these guys yeah they're they're not as they're they, they weren't as um skilled in in stopping this from happening so i think derpin would be proud yeah he would yeah he would have been proud (laughs) those guys didn't do a good job um and i'm kind of worried what happened to them the uh, striker no the the shuttle guys because once they realized that the (laughs) that the um restraining bolts had been taken off and then all the droids kind of 
converge upon them. Like you're like, okay, what happened to those guys? Did they kill yeah, them? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, yeah, Chopper, Chopper can get kind of rough. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about the consequences of that. <laughs> There's a reason why they cut away. They did. <laughs> they didn't want us to see them disassembled. Um, oh, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they didn't have Durpin and Plume Striker there, because they didn't want to kill them. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, that's a more sound theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did appreciate the very end when he's saying, "Oh, that these droids were found to be useful," and then they show in all the different droids doing different things to service the the rebellion. But then they have like the little ball tr- torture droid come <laughs> over to the guy with a Kleenex. Like the guy sneezes, and this torture droid shows up with a Kleenex. <laughs> thought that was kind of ironic. That was yeah. That was that was hilarious. I first thought, wait, isn't that supposed to do bad things? <laughs> Yeah, that was great. And then the next one, Roger ends up on the uh, on Endor. So this is after Return of the Jedi, the celebrations that took place there. Yeah, it's kind of like right where we left off with the the Freemaker season, right? The last right, one. Right. Yeah. Yub Nub is the name of the episode. Yub Nub. Which is great because Roger makes friends with this adorable Ewok. And I want that minifig of that Ewok. Are there Ewok minifigs? Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely... There's an entire Ewok village, Jonah. Really? Which is one of the best Lego sets that that exists. And I never <laughs> got it. And Aww. I I think it's it's out of circulation now. So the only way to buy it probably would be, you know, through the secondary market. Aww. But... It was very detailed, like all the tree houses and like the wooden bridges reaching from one to the other and a bunch of Ewok minifigs and a bunch of, you know, I think it's pretty much the entire cast of the movie is is in it. Um, I love how you were so matter of fact with me right there. Like, yeah, Jonah, there's an Ewok. I've thought a lot about this. (laughs) I don't think I own an Ewok minifig, actually, um, because I don't don't think I've ever bought a set that had an Ewok in it. But there are are a handful of sets out there that you could get to get an Ewok minifig. And they've gotten better over the years. They used to be pretty bad. Mm. But they, they look a lot better now. But yeah, this one was so cute. And it was so attached to Roger. And every time Roger tried to leave with the Freemakers, which was awesome to see. By the way, we got to see Cordy and and Rowan in the Star Scavenger. And every time they tried to leave, the, the Ewok would show up. I like the line from from uh, Xander where he's like, Roger, you know our rule about Ewoks. So like, <laughs> they shed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they've had enough encounters with Ewoks that they have to have a rule. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great and yeah so every time he tries to put the little ewok away the ewok just keeps coming back and the last one made me oh it's so sad because it's it's something that does happen they like drive away and they leave the the little the little creature behind their little pet well you got a lot of different instances of him being like yub 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 nub like he'd show up (laughs) but then the one time when he got left and he was like or whatever like where he's like this whimpering voice and i was like oh that was the most adorable yub nub i've ever heard (laughs) like i will adopt this adorable creature i don't even like ewoks that much but i would let that guy hang around (laughs) um this was a rose introduction episode by the way we we failed to mention that that we oh that's right yes yes i i got so excited about the freemakers that i forgot about poor rose where where Roger offers to help her and then she thinks that he's going to help her like fix something he's like oh no I'm not offering to help in in the form of physical labor <laughs> <laughs> and then he just tells her a story um, through the magic of storytelling <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I thought was interesting though was if this is directly after or directly after return of the jedi on endor um which is 30-ish years before the Resistance, before the new movies. And then this Ewok shows back up at the end um, with Rose there. Like, how old is that Ewok and why hasn't it grown? <laughs> I love that this is what you've thought about. Like, you've given it a fair amount of thought. Like, how? How? 
Um, it doesn't I like match think, up with the timeline. <laughs> I like to think the Ewoks just age slowly. <laughs> yeah. They're, all... they're adorable forever. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is revealing to us the, the you know, the um, the aging process of Ewoks. I mean, they, yeah. They take a long time to grow up. He's still a little baby Ewok 30 years <laughs> later. Exactly. Or maybe exactly. it was just a really small Ewok and it was a fully grow. it was an adult that just was really small. That's always <laughs> a possibility. Yeah, yeah, the, but the, they're—I like the, to think they're best friends now. The burning questions that we will have for Bill and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> we, please respond on Twitter, either one of you. How old is that Ewok? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like—I like to think that they're—they're they're close friends now. That he yeah. has no choice but to take this little Ewok friend around everywhere. Yes, it's now canon that Roger has an Ewok friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the second to last one is what goes up, and this is the one with Maz Kanata. Yes, Maz Kanata. Um, Roger at the beginning is actually telling a story to just recruits, so nobody famous. Yeah, nobody, um, nobody that's important. <laughs> although the center recruit did look kind of like Ezra. Oh yes, I remember that with the long hair. Yeah, he had kind of the Ezra hair, so I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. They, Kind of looks like Ezra, but not. We we all know that's not really Ezra. But uh, Poe did show up at the end, so we did get the cameo of the famous character, but he didn't even speak. No, he did not. Yeah, no, yeah. No. They couldn't. They couldn't <laughs> get. They couldn't get Oscar Isaac <laughs> to do that part, so they left him speechless. <laughs> but yes, he uh, Roger ends up going to Taco Donna as well. Yes, uh, Takodana, Maz, uh, Rocket Pack, craziness ensues. Um, I did think it was, I like the consistency of the interior of Maz's castle, though, because we, it's been shown in a number of different references, like video games and things like that. And I remember playing Battlefront, I think it's Battlefront 2, that you go through Ma, the entire interior of her castle and you kind of walk around in there for a while. Oh, and cool. and the Lego in this like the way they showed it in this was like identical to the way it looked in Battlefront Two. I almost wondered if they used it as a reference, because I was like, "Wow, that's really good continuity." So also the kind of yeah. things I think about Jonah. That is, yeah, I... the, the age of Ewoks <laughs> and the continuity of Maz's castle. You know, these are the things that are important. You know, there are certain things. Sometimes when I watch things, I always think about you, Aaron, because I'm like, Aaron would be thinking about this in depth. <laughs> Like Aaron would care about this. I don't care, but Aaron would care. Exactly, exactly. And anytime you see a Raynat, you know. Yeah. Just... I always think of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but yes, crazy craziness does ensue in this episode, and I love that Maz ended up using the the rockets, the jetpack, in order to put up the flags and whatnot. Yeah. Which were neat to see, too, because I always like to get a closer look at those flags. Yeah, a lot of cool logos on there. A lot of mm -hmm. cool. Like, we got mm -hmm. uh, the Mandalorian. There's a Mandalorian symbol. The Mythosaur. The Mythosaur. Yeah. I knew you were going to pull that out. I was like, <laughs> she's going to say it. She's going to say Mythosaur. Yes. You did not disappoint me. Um, but, yeah, so some other symbols showing up there, too. But, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, finally, the last one, which was amazing is the power of Jakku and this was the one or the power at Jakku I don't remember which one now but this is the one where Roger tells a story to someone we don't know yet you know they're we only can see the back of them and I, I'm still <laughs> at that point I'm just like okay who is this <laughs> what does this all mean <laughs> yes when they first showed that they made it a point for the the girl to not even speak. Exactly. At the beginning. Yeah. So they didn't even want to tip us off by her voice, who she was. But, the, yeah, it was kind of this mystery, like, oh, who is this? Who is this girl? Yeah, yeah. And he goes about telling the story of how he's a hero. <laughs> and it's it also features Valeria. And the Freemakers show up and is beautiful. You know, the... The Freemakers theme is there to introduce them. And it's just, it gave me the tingles, the good tingles, where I'm just like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> yes. It was cool to see that 
you know, the Battle of Jakku being such a pivotal a pivotal uh, battle in Star Wars, and to see that Valeria was there and the Freemakers were there. Yeah, so. and and in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking about like everyone else who's there because that's where Lost Stars also takes place. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, what if that's the star destroyer where Cyana is with with Thane? <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, what's his name from from the Force Awakens? Why am I blanking on his name? The the X-wing pilot. Oh, uh, you mean Jarek Eager from no, Resistance? No, although he was there, yes. Yeah, right? he's there too. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the guy who owns Mr. Bones. What's the guy, the pilot's name? Oh, oh, Temin Wexley. Yeah, Wexley. Yeah, Temin Wexley was there too. Snap. Mm -hmm. Snap, yes. Snap Wexley is is in that battle too. So yeah, there's a, there's a, all kinds of characters that all converged in that one battle, which is really cool that the, the different elements of canon have really all come back to this battle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and they all try to repair her ship, and I love that Roger has to go and find this one piece, and and then the, the Star Destroyer is coming right down their way. <laughs> the best thing is that Roger thought he was a Jedi for a minute. Oh God, that was that perfect. Was, and even the way he kind of raises his hands to like kind of guard himself, but then he thinks, <laughs> and so he does have this kind of whole Jedi pose going on there, where he's got his hands up and he's, it looks like he's using the Force. <laughs> It, <laughs> he's like, yes, he's like, I'm using the Force. I'm the first Jedi droid. <laughs> and he he wasn't sure whether he could go back to being a normal battle droid. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because Rowan's there, and Rowan's obviously the one that's actually holding it, which impressive. Which force was really abilities. impressive. It reminded me of the Force Unleashed. Yes, yeah. So that was that was cool. Um, and then he's kind of like, you know. Roger, hurry up. And then Roger realizes he's not the one actually holding it up. So he's like, so I'm not a Jedi? I don't know if I can go back to being just a battle droid. Like, <laughs> that, oh, so funny. I was laughing out loud. <laughs> oh, gosh. And and then until they have to go back and put everything together and... Um, eventually we find out that the story, yeah, Roger's a hero, but they're all heroes, <laughs> yeah. but the story is being told to Moxie Freemaker. Moxie Freemaker, who I guess is, um, is it's Xander's, Xander's daughter. daughter. Okay. Yeah. So the, and there's like all these burning questions because, so Cordy shows up. Yes. Aunt Cordy <laughs> shows up with and Leia. And she's a senator. Yeah, right. And she came from um she came from Hosnian Prime, so that's good news. She wasn't on Hosnian Prime, hopefully, when yeah. that happened. Hopefully Xander isn't there either. I hope they're on vacation somewhere with Becky Smoochenbacher, who's his wife and the mother of his child. <laughs> yeah, and Cordy looked pretty I mean, she had gray in her hair, so she was, you know, advancing in years for sure. Yes. But we don't know because we de Moxie definitely mentions the other Freemakers, but she doesn't necessarily. We don't see them, so you know we don't know what they're up to or if they're even still around. I hope they're still around, Aaron. She could be talking sanity. about her. Yeah, I know. Me too. But <laughs> then I'm starting to think about okay, where were we on the timeline? And this is like um, you know when Luke would have been already kind of gone off to his island. Yes. And yeah. So He's well on. Yeah, he's already there, established, doing his routine. So this is post Ben Solo deciding to turn, and um, you know, so if if Rowan was part of Luke's Jedi Order, which you would make kind of sense that he would be, you know, who knows what happened to him at that temple? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think no, no, no. He I'm got away. Like, he got away. And he's going to be the hero of episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reveal. How amazing that would be. Oh, my God. The, the internet wars would be legendary. The big um. reveal. The, the, <laughs> you and I would be like, yes, this is amazing. And, like, everyone else would be like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> Who's Rowan? Like, really? No. See, what happens is Rowan actually finds ezra so mm -hmm. they're together off somewhere else in another part of the galaxy we've been and they're through this nowhere, fan fiction <laughs> they're nowhere near this <laughs> they decided not to take part they're like we are not gonna try to help anything we're gonna go do our own thing like a they're good jedi their own adventure yeah 
with so grandma nowhere Ahsoka. near Ben Solo. Nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to think that, you know, Rowan, I mean, if he showed up in the battle of Jakku, then he obviously was part of, still part of the rebellion that far into, you know, a year later, I guess. And I know Luke was also, you know, still obviously active in the rebellion then too. I don't think they would have a Jedi running around without Luke's supervision. So I'd, I'd like to think that Luke and, and Rowan had a lot of interaction. And Rowan probably at least tried to um, take on Luke as a master. See, but I... Hmm, I don't know. It depends on what Rowan see, identifies more. Does he see himself more as a mechanic, as a freemaker, going off and doing mechanic things, salvaging things, or is he more... A Jedi in the Jedi mindset, like, is he willing to give up what he's what he and his family do for a living? Well, he seemed to be pretty keen on meeting Luke. He was keen, but I think he was just more of just wanting to talk with someone about certain things, but not necessarily, you know, give up everything just to be. I'm trying to find a way not to have him be on that set. In that Jedi temple thing that Luke builds, okay, I'm trying to find a reason why. <laughs> it's there's there's a lot of ways you could write it. It's entirely possible that he could have still had a lot of interaction with Luke and not necessarily ever gone to that temple. Yes, okay, this is um, good. We'll yeah. stick to this. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's it. That's pretty much it for the shorts. And and now we're going to watch the full length episodes, which start on November seventeen, which is Saturday, November seventeen, and then they're going to debut every Saturday until December eight. All right. Do we know like is there going to be a continuing um, connection with the Freemaker characters, or I guess you were saying there's there's still not a lot of information that there's some. Yeah, there's not a lot of information. The preview uh, that they showed at the end of the episode where they uh, compiled all of the shorts pretty much gave us the impression that it's going to be um, Pace, uh, I call him Pace Freemaker, but Pace, (laughs) um, with Han, Chewie, and uh, someone who is apparently his friend. And so... Uh, I think that's where it's going to go, and I don't. And given the timeline of where that takes place, I think that's where they're going to focus on for those episodes. Okay, and and so Roger's still a part of it. I see. Maybe. That's the thing. I don't know whether Roger will be part of it. I wonder if Roger just be, you know, someone that Pace Han and the others find along the way, and then that's how he becomes the master of 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 Roger. So I don't know. I, okay. I'm, I'm I'm curious. It's just my theory, but I I don't really know whether um, there'll be more to it. Like if they jump around um, timelines again. Yeah, I know. Before we wrap up the episode, I did want to mention because we had always talked about the hope that some of these Freemaker characters would get brought into official canon, mm-hmm. and now that has happened with at least Roger. Um, and I know some other characters from the show have been have been brought in as well. So definitely worth pointing out. I, I, I know it's mainly from a book that um, was published that's kind of that, that droid book. And I the can't droid remember. autography. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I still need to purchase that. I'm just running so low on money that I don't have the yeah. money to buy it. <laughs> so Roger like plays narrator in that book. And, and um and there's definitely like a drawing of him that's not Lego. You know, it's kind of the the Roger as he would be not Lego. And then there are a number of mentions of Freemaker elements throughout that's that book. That's cool. In, in, MOC, including, isn't it? Yes, MOC. I stole away your... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I actually forgot about MOC. So, no, you didn't steal that. Um, but uh, who else? So, the the droids of Zoe, like the... the, um, the uh, what was the character's name? The... Oh, Jack 14? Yes. I believe that they... I don't know if they mentioned Jack specifically, but they definitely mentioned the droids. Oh, that's neat. I didn't realize that there were more Freemaker Adventure references in that way. Yeah. I think even... Um, I could be wrong about this, but I think uh, Grabala is, is mentioned in that book. Oh, cool. So, yeah. I, I definitely need to get my hands on it because oh. I... 
Speaking of which, sorry to interrupt, but now that you mentioned Grabala, he did show up in the trailer, so I'm sh- I'm assuming he's going to show up in the episodes. Okay, yeah, I was kind of surprised that he didn't make an appearance in the shorts, so that that hopefully he does show up in the in the main episodes. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, what you were saying? <laughs> oh no, that was it. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> we just need to read that book so we can catch all the references. But I know that has canonized a few characters from Freemakers, so I think. Valeria definitely needs to be canonized. Um, I know it would be hard for for Rowan just because of the Jedi aspect that they might not go that direction, which means they might not canonize any of the rest of the family. <laughs> but um, I mean, he definitely mentions the Freemakers in that book, so in a in a way they have been canonized. But I just don't think that individual named characters have shown up yet. So. Gotcha. You and your canon, Aaron. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm unashamed. <laughs> so this is pretty much it right yep i think we're good and are we going to do this again for the future episodes or is that I yet to be determined so. i think so we should do them okay i had fun we'll, we'll do another one. Oh, i'm glad you <laughs> had fun I... <laughs> it'd be kind of sad if you didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we we definitely had fun talking about this stuff and it was cool to catch up with you on all the latest news too not just lego but just kind of the other the other big things that are going on in star wars right now it's a really exciting time to be a star wars fan really is and and people should stop complaining stop complaining just enjoy what you love (laughs) stop complaining even if you didn't like the last jedi get over it get over it (laughs) all right so um as we wrap up you can still find the show on iTunes. We definitely All of our episodes are still out there, so head over to iTunes. And if you never left us a review, go ahead and leave us a review. That would be cool, too. Um, we still have our Facebook page. Yeah, the show's been kind of uh, on a hiatus, so we haven't really been keeping up so much with the Facebook page, but it is out there. Uh, Twitter, at Star, at Star Scavengers. And you can find all of our episodes as well on the website, StarScavengers.com. And until next time, be a builder, and may the Force be with you.